0: Hi, and welcome to Shifter's podcast. Today, we have Karsten Beck as a guest. He is the director, or oh, sorry, ad director at the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies. He's one of Denmark's most used speakers and futurists, and is a specialist in megatrends. Welcome, Karsten.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: So, what what is unfolding right now is pretty spectacular uh, from many perspectives. But you as a futurist, futurist have you ever seen anything like this and has the modern world seen anything like this before?
1: Uh, uh, no, because, I mean, no crisis are, are ever the same. So so uh, that would be sort of the theoretical answer to say, no, this is indeed a, a, a new a new Europe situation for societies and for, um, for markets. Uh, on a personal note, I would say, the feeling and the sentiment we get from uh, organizations, companies uh, throughout uh, the world, uh, it resembles, of course, a little bit the situation uh, uh, with 9-11. Uh, because back then you had a, um, a a level of uncertainty which was uh, pretty much the, the, the same as we see today. However, uh, you cannot compare because um, here we have a, we, we have a, a, a pandemic and, and we have a crisis that more directly affects all of us. Uh, we are working from home. We are not socializing. We see, uh, uh, unfortunately, many, many organizations and, and business models um, struggling uh, uh, and, and actually trying to, to survive at the moment. Uh, so, so no, I would say this is uh, unfortunately uh, spectacular, and unfortunately, it is a, a brand new situation.
0: So, when 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 so many things are happening at the same time, will this affect how we do things, our habits, and how you know we view the world?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously there's going to be a short-term and a long-term uh, uh, part 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 of, of the answer. The short term is yes, uh, we are all affected, and we are affected right here, uh, right now. Of course, there's uh, different levels of uh, political interference in in, in different uh, countries. Uh, but, but, uh, I don't think there's a single person, uh, almost, uh, on the planet that, that are not, uh, at least having discussions, uh, around this, uh, at least in our part of, um, uh, the world. And obviously, uh, the huge consequences on a daily basis for organizations and for people. In society, are felt uh, right here, right now. The interesting thing is obviously, uh, and, and with all the negative consequences, when we look to to the short term uh, perspective, um, which are pretty uh, pretty dire. Uh, the interesting thing is also obviously from a futurist perspective, how will this unfold uh, when we look beyond the immediate crisis and when we reach uh, a, a situation where we start to normalize the way society uh, behaves? Uh, because obviously, we uh, are experiencing right now a big global, societal, and social uh, uh, experiments. And I am actually quite sure that some of the learnings and some of the habits that are being formed uh, here in in, in 2020 uh, will actually have long-term consequences uh, as well. The way we work, the way we shop, uh, all of that. Not not the way we socialize.
0: uh, No, yeah, because the, the way we work with is seems like an obvious thing right because now yeah. everyone's working well, not everyone but a lot of people are working from home yeah and, and, <laughs> and what 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 does that what will that have you know has what type of uh effect could that have like on where we live and stuff like that in terms of you know where we're used to live living near near where we work but if if the ge- geography uh, attached to work is not relevant anymore what will that yep. have to have to say
1: yeah oh that's a very good uh, question Luis, because uh, uh that that's a question even without the the current uh, crisis uh it's a question uh, regarding the future of work that we think is really really essential and really really uh, important i actually think that that one of the consequences will be that we will be more um uh, how can you put it we will be more focused on prioritizing in our work life when we need to meet physically and when we need to meet uh, digitally. Um, and this, this prioritization uh, will uh, probably entail uh, or have as consequence that we will see more uh, work on, 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 on the distance. On the other hand, I would still say, even though we have these great platforms, and I mean, the two of us are using one uh, right now. Um, uh, Even though we have all these great platforms and and we form new habits here uh, during the crisis, Uh, I still believe that uh, the vast, vast majority of of the Norwegian and Danish uh, workforce are social creatures that actually uh, like to have contact with colleagues and and clients and pupils and and students and and, and whatever. Um, So uh, we are not seeing a scenario uh, for the future where it will be uh, remote uh, and digital um, uh, work processes. But but I, I think most organisations might actually realise that okay there is these new uh, we we do see these new platforms we have been using them before uh the the, the digital meeting platforms and, and and all of that and and now we're actually seeing that they uh, might work on a much higher level and much more intense level than we uh, uh we did previously uh and and then, and then also i mean oh, sorry this is a long answer no 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 it's a good good answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, also, also, uh, we probably will rea- realize that uh, we need to be better at using these tools. Uh, uh, one of the debates in, in Denmark at the moment is in, in the school system, where uh, obviously everything is, is right now, it's remote, so you are not allowed to go to school, so you sit at home with, with your parents. Um, and um, it is it's quite clear from the discussions I see in, in Denmark right now that uh, we are managing, we are coping, but we are certainly not trained in this. We are not experts in 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 using these new uh, tools. So I, I think a lot of learning processes and a lot of um, uh, re-education of the workforce will be uh, be needed uh, based on this.
0: So, do you think this? Is, if is there a big opportunity in this? Like, if if your world view is centered around that you physically have to go to work. Versus that your worldview is centered around that uh, uh, geography is irrelevant. There must be a lot of services that hasn't been built yet. That which is is a big opportunity for right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's always oh, it's it's difficult to talk about opportunities because this is a crisis where people die. So it's 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 a very tricky way. It's a very tricky discussion. But obviously there will be solutions created uh, right now. And, and um, uh, probably also innovated uh, right now, where uh, we will see better platforms, we will see a better way of integrating uh, uh, people working um, uh, at home or w- with a geographical uh, distance. And uh, I think we have a lot of great tools uh, today. Um, uh, I mean, at, at our uh, institute, the Kuhlman Institute. We, 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 we really use Teams a lot and we really are happy about uh, Microsoft and, 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 uh, and Google and, and Cisco's uh, offerings. And obviously they can be developed uh, even uh, further. Just to give you an example. Um, uh, I talked a couple of days ago to a small Danish startup company about creating these virtual windows where you actually have, uh, not 24 seven, but, but you have virtual windows to your colleagues, even if you are not in a meeting. So you actually get this interaction, uh, which is maybe not formalized in a meeting where you where have an agenda, boom, 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 boom but, but you uh, you share ideas, you, you share stories, you socialize, and, uh, and all of that. So, so yes, there will be room for innovation and, and new concepts. Is, is there a
0: correlation between innovation and crisis?
1: No. <laughs> when I'm silent, that's because I'm thinking hard, Lucas. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good one because uh, yes, I I think there is correlation. But but uh, if you ask me, uh, could there also be a correlation between curiosity and and good times and and plenty of money to invest in innovation? I would say yes as well. So it's not only a crisis that uh, drives uh, drives innovation, uh, but but yes. Of course, when we see all the organizations globally uh, learning to cope with new uh, these new circumstances, and and this is indeed a crisis, obviously uh, there will be uh, investments and innovation based on 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 this. Uh, so so it's a yes.
0: So when you study the future, how is it possible to factor in that this type of crisis? Right, because let's say that you you had a prediction based on on data for twenty twenty two, right? but yeah. th- those models are pretty um, obsolete right now or ir- irrelevant right uh, so, yeah. so how do you wh- what do you do right now
1: yeah no it's uh, it's uh, you you absolutely uh, spot on the money there what we do as futurists when when we work together with the companies is that um uh, we actually are more uh, focused on, on developing uh, a set of scenarios and wildcards for um, for companies uh Uh, When you look to the future and and when you you start to to, 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 um, have a a strategic process that is based on or or aided or guided by future studies, the scenarios, uh, and and you always have more than one scenario, uh, they are uh, really at the core of the process uh so we're not about forecasting and we're not about uh predicting predicting just to give you an an example uh, the economist uh they every year they produce in november and october a, a special edition uh, about the 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 following year and i actually just browse mm-hmm. through the 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 world in 2020 as it is called uh, and, and 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 all the headlines seems less important now uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because things have changed. And the problem is, uh, when you look to pandemics, uh, because we get this question a lot right now, uh, did we forecast this? The answer is no, we did not forecast it, but we had actually stated that as a wild card, you need to consider uh, pandemics uh, we did not know that it was going to be a virus we did not know that it was going to be called corona or covid uh, but but um when you have done your scenarios and you've you sort of formulated your strategy what, what what we actually advise companies to do is to take the next step as well and to have a a, a risk assessment uh, about not only the, the the scenario space and and the, the big trends shaping societies and, and business models but also looking into what wildcards could really, really rock the boat. And one of these wildcards would be um, uh, pandemics. Uh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's really interesting too, you know, how you work with scenarios. Are companies good at working with scenarios? Is that like something that companies do or is it uh, something that some companies are doing?
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely the latter. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when we do, uh, <clears throat> when you go to any kind of company, big or small, obviously you, you have a set of assumptions about the future. And these assumptions can be either formulated and documented and, and uh worked around and, 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 and uh, you can, you can search for data or they can be more implicit. Uh, but, but I mean, every time a company or, or, or an individual makes a decision about the f- future and most decisions are about the future, you have, uh, you have these assumptions. And what we try to do is, is actually to put the assumptions in the forefront, uh, in the beginning of uh, strategy processes. So you are actually sure—not um, uh, not sure—but but you try to cover as many important megatrends, scenarios, and wildcards as uh, possible. And what sometimes can be um, uh, difficult or tricky. Is uh, obviously when you go to an organization whether it's private or public, uh, you tend to, to find people that are very committed to to the organization, have lots of insights. They are experts, uh, whether it's a school or it's 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 it's, it's a car manufacturer or whatever. Uh, so you're experts in in your business, um, and then sometimes if you are too much of an expert in your business. You get these blind spots about the external world. Uh, and this is actually where we come in. We help to, to, to guide you uh, in a process uh, where we, uh, focus on the external trends that you sometimes, uh, tend to forget. So, so it's, it's definitely, uh, um, uh it's definitely not all companies that are doing this, but, uh, more, yeah, I'm not even sure more and more, but, but, uh, a, a large subset of companies are, are working with scenarios.
0: Yeah, and probably more and more after this has happened. Right now, <laughs> I think we'll yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. look into uh, it. So it's, I think it's a good time to be at at um, at the Future Institute of uh, Copenhagen right now. Um. Nah,
1: it's uh, <laughs> actually actually it's not because uh, uh, it it would be so much better with if we had all the insights and all the innovation and all the risk analysis. Based on on uh, a positive outlook, so so we are pretty sad at CIFS, uh at the moment. But yes, uh, I, I fully understand. Of course, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we will probably see more companies that need to—I um, wouldn't say reinvent, but at least to 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 double-check their assumptions. Uh, one of the big things I, I imagine will be uh, the future of global supply chains. What will that uh, look like um, uh, in in the coming decades? Uh, it has uh, shown us uh, a, a world where the vulnerability in supply chains are, are much larger than we uh, imagined, and, and actually also customer journeys.
0: So, okay, let's talk about those two things. So the, the global uh, supply chain, will, hmm? it be, will it become more local? Is that what you're saying? And more c- controlled? Is it, too, yeah. is it too decentralized right now?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I would probably uh, w- once again. Uh, also, here you you would need scenarios, but but I would at least imagine. And I know this is a cliche uh, and a buzzword, but more agility um, and more flexibility uh, is probably uh, required. And this flexibility is that uh, because you um, uh, you uh, have more local, or you have shorter geographical distances in in, in your um, supply chain, or is it because? Uh, you have, uh, you have a higher uh, stock of uh, spare parts or whatever you need, or raw materials, uh, it will probably be a, um, a combination. And um, it actually, when we look at supply chains, it taps very nicely into to the general trend of supply chains probably approaching a, a, a future where it will be a little bit more regionalized.
0: So we will import from Germany instead of China?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, this will of course not mean that that uh, China uh, will will stop producing components uh, and, and Taiwan and and whatever uh, have we, but but to build in more flexibility and and, and agility, uh, I, I'm sure uh, companies will uh, will will start to look into uh, into
0: that. So, for example, uh, things like 3D printing and and stuff like yeah. that are more lo- you know locally producing your own food. Make, be more self sufficient. Self sufficiency probably will be probably yeah. a mega trend, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, yes, and even even before that, uh, I mean, uh, we we, uh, we don't have a political agenda at SIFS, but but obviously a lot of things we we, we work with uh, have a political side to it, uh, and and. Um, Obviously, we have seen the last couple of, of years that this more local and national focus has re in Europe and in Asia and indeed in the United States uh, as well. So you could actually argue that the, the, the effects and the consequences of corona has increased a trend we already saw, at least on the political uh, political level. Uh, but, but, I mean, once again, I, I don't see a world, yes, I, I see a world where 3D printing obviously will have more going uh, for, for, um, for, for for that technology. But but if you look to, to, to countries like Norway and, and Denmark, I mean, uh, we're not starting to produce our own cars in the future. Uh, that's not where we are heading. But um, more agility and more flexibility will probably
0: be needed. So there will probably be more opportunities for those type of uh, I would ma- imagine ma- manufacturers, maybe in yeah. that that like for ten years ten years ago wouldn't be a feasible option, but today it yeah. might be actually. And
1: yeah. and, and, I, and I would sorry, sorry, it's me interrupting. Sorry, sorry, uh, but but I would also imagine uh, here in in, in Europe, uh, even with the European Union in in distress, you could you would say because of Brexit and all of that, uh, European or indeed Scandinavian and Nordic collaborations. Uh, would be uh, would be um, uh, advantageous. Uh, so maybe also on a more regional scale. Um, uh, I mean, if you take, uh, we all know that that that, that Mr. Orbán in in Hungary is 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 really a, a very strong symbol of this national and indeed nationalistic. Uh, 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 trend, uh, but still, Hungary is a small country. Uh, so, and 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 so on Norway, and so on Denmark. So, so I still think we need to collaborate.
0: So, have you like have you had a very? G- Did we go from a very global megatrend to a more more nationalized megatrend, and now we're moving towards a more regionalized mega, uh, megatrend? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it could be, but but once again, you need uh, scenarios, obviously, and. Um, I mean, I'm also thinking, uh, if we innovate based on, on this, uh, and, and we, um, we look to the global supply chains, uh, okay. Wh- what is the problem actually? The problem is that it is people, uh, that, that have a disease. So, uh, why don't we take people out of the supply chain? Then there's no, uh, um, uh, there's no uh, virus that can uh, jump from person to to person so maybe you could also have a scenario saying the supply chains will actually be just as global as before and in, in indeed in china and in other parts of the world they had this very very high level of expertise in producing components and and uh, uh, products uh, so why not automate everything why not get robots uh, to do everything even in, in china uh, then there's a cost cost perspective to that because if the robots are in china they could just as, as well be in oslo of course um so so once again uh, I, I would imagine there's a number of scenarios we need to look into
0: that's really interesting so if the so they're interesting in many perspectives so like you said that if you know if if it's robots anyway why don't we just have, have them in norway right yeah uh, exactly. another, another perspective is that it would we will this accelerate the robotization and automation and what will effect will that have on the workforce for example
1: um yeah I, I, yeah i, I think that, that that definitely will be uh, one of the outcomes uh, maybe not so much in physical production because all uh, already there i mean uh, we have seen a, a huge uh, wave of automation and, and and more robots and and digital systems and and, uh, all of that. And now we're looking into IoT and um, uh, artificial intelligence and uh, all that. And I'm not an expert there. Uh, But also all the people in the service sector uh, because the service sector is what is really Uh, driving uh, our economies in Norway and and Denmark, also from a work perspective, a workforce perspective. So really to look into all the services we produce in our societies and how they can be automated, that would be uh, the next phase, I would imagine. And that even does not have any – it has something to do with corona and and the the aftermath of this, but uh, I think it would happen – uh, no matter what, because in the long term, the workforces in Norway and Denmark will, will uh, decrease. So we need to come up with more automated solution in our uh, service sectors. And this also means that's the second part of your, your question. When we look to uh, the competences and skill sets of uh, people in uh, Norway and, and, and Denmark, uh, There will be uh, changes, uh, not because of Corona, but because we will see new technology and new systems pop up.
0: But the the Corona, uh, let's call it Corona crisis, will accelerate something that's already started, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: More than creating it from scratch.
1: Uh, and uh, I mean uh, right now uh, I don't know if it is true that Amazon is hiring uh, one hundred thousand uh, people. Uh, I just saw it in the press uh, but but obviously, if you look to uh, e-commerce and uh, retail uh, which we do also at sifs at, at uh, e-commerce is certainly not a new trend which we've had e-commerce for like ten years. but now uh, we will probably see uh, an even uh, faster uh, acceleration of uh, of e-commerce.
0: Yeah, let's let's get back to that in a bit. Um, so so we we, we talked about mega trends, supply chains, and different scenarios. Uh, but if we go back to the you know the moment we're in right now, so if you're a business owner, what do you do in a situation like this? Let's let's say you're, um, you're, you're you have you have a smaller company. You don't have you you can't hire futurists or you, no, you, no no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no. Uh, you should call ships, of course, but uh no. <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, on on that note, I would say um, I would imagine I haven't seen any numbers. That there. there's a few numbers from Boston Consulting, but but so far we we don't have the data on this. I would imagine that most small businesses, and that includes the, the Copenhagen Institute. We are we are 22 people, so we are we are small business. Uh, we are really uh, in the last couple of weeks, and for the next couple of weeks weeks we will struggle to uh, create solutions that actually work in, 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 um, uh, in a situation with crises and uh, societies that have been uh, shut down. Uh, I mean, if you're a hairdresser, you, you cannot do that because, I mean, you, you need the hair, you need the client. But for a lot of other uh, small companies uh, in the service sector, I think that will be high, high on the, uh, agenda. And then I would imagine and, or I would at least hope that a lot of these, uh, small and medium sized companies, they also, uh, when, when the first level of not panic, but, but because I don't actually think we're in a panic as, as such. Unfortunately, uh, some of the small companies will, will, will probably close, which is awful, of course, but, but, uh, trying to take the learnings From these weeks and and the systems and the setups that we are creating right now, all of us, and see how we can uh, build uh, on that also uh, six months and a year from from, from now. Because I actually think that, uh, just like we uh, talked about before, um, this is a time where we will see uh, innovation uh, happen. So prepare and uh, do whatever you need to do in, in, in the short term and then uh, try to as you move along think about okay long term how could my business model be adjusted and how could we innovate uh, based on, 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 on this uh, yeah. because the b- business
0: model is, is it's based on um, prosperity time right or peace time yeah yeah uh, so, uh, is that what you're saying? So now yeah. it's it's a different situation. So how can we be relevant in?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a small example: uh, all the restaurants are closed in Denmark as of uh, yesterday, uh, and, and a lot of the restaurants they, they they're, they're, they're just closed. I mean, uh, and and uh, facing uh, serious uh, consequences. But some of them, uh, I just read about a restaurant this morning. They produce their own mozzarella or something like that. Um, and uh, they've started a takeaway uh, uh, not platform but but you, you you can come and you can buy these products and and obviously this mozzarella is probably very good uh, somehow uh, you cannot buy the full meal but but uh, okay here you you actually might have an opportunity for expanding your business
0: yeah what if what if restaurants did a um, subscription on um, dinner <laughs> right
1: <laughs> why not why, Why not? <laughs> um, uh, because you, you, you uh, I mean, even if the crisis uh, will be long and it will be maybe uh, all of uh, summer and, and, and we hope not, uh, obviously, uh, then um, you still need to need to eat and, and you still need to um, have mm-hmm. this social element around uh, mm-hmm. eating. Uh, so could restaurants come up with other subscription-based models mm-hmm. or new takeaway concepts? Uh, I so think
0: that would be really wonderful. So so your your advice to business owners is to handle the situation right now to be try yeah. to be more relevant in today's yeah. market but also look a little um, like mid-term uh, and long-term yeah. Yeah. how can yeah. you make changes now that will benefit you in, yeah, in in the future yeah, yeah. Right.
1: yeah. And, and, and though that's uh, sorry I know, though that's that's very easy to say in an interview like this it's 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 really, really difficult to do in real life when you have some staff and and and, and you, you don't have any clients uh, I know it's it's very very difficult I fully acknowledge that
0: yeah but uh, still that's the smart way to do it right even even if, it's, yeah, if even so. it's difficult so okay yeah. so but if you're an employee uh, how can you best use your time right now to be relevant in this new market?
1: Yeah, uh, I would imagine a lot of employees uh, in in the countries that have been shut down, um, uh, they will have, and maybe especially in in bigger organizations, they will have systems uh, in place or being uh, created uh, right now where you will be able to do a substantial part of your um, uh, your work from home on a geographical uh, distance. Once again, if you are a hairdresser, uh, you're not able to, 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 to do anything. So, so for them, it will be uh, just a time of crisis and, 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 and um, maybe a little bit of re-education, uh, whatever you can uh, find on, on, on digital platforms if you're a hairdresser. But obviously, uh, you will see a, a number of, of, of uh, parts of the workforce that will just sit. Uh, and the other part will probably uh, be already Almost up and running on new digital uh, platforms and, and digital uh, solutions. And I would say, um, yeah, obviously, once again, to, uh, to, um, to understand and fully comprehend both on a personal level, but also in your team and in your organization, how these platforms and how these digital systems might actually not only help you in the current situation, but also benefit you in the distance. So once again, having this thinking or, or, or mentality that we have a short-term thing and we have a long-term uh, consequence of, mm-hmm. of, of this and and some sort of re- reflection also when you talk about an in- individual team or in- individual uh, co-worker, how can I be part of this, uh, this future? Uh, w- once again, as I said earlier on, with um, uh, uh, the schools in, in in Denmark and education on uh, digital platforms, we are not experts. We have not really tried this, and especially not on a national uh, level. So, uh, for me, if I was a teacher, I would definitely uh, think about this and and how to use these uh, platforms uh, in in the future.
0: Yeah, because we don't actually don't have very good platforms for teaching kids. Uh, nope. Like from nope. one one to many, right? Uh,
1: no, exactly. And 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 uh, I would imagine in 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 most uh, northern European school systems, uh, uh, of course, it will be a system. Uh, it will be you cannot as an, an individual teacher uh, uh, sort of change or create the system. But I, I would still imagine you can um, you can think about okay, but how do I present stuff? What kind of how can I help the parents sitting at home with, with a 10-year-old kid that is all over the place? So these small uh, small steps I would uh, start to
0: think about. Yeah, it's really interesting. So now let's get back to what you started to talk about, um, namely retail. So you mm-hmm. you have worked a lot with retail in the last okay. years, right? And, and um, uh, was this a good time to hit the retail industry? It's a loaded question, but... Uh
1: there's a little bit of floating in that (laughs) no it's uh, obviously it it is really really um, uh, a big challenge Uh, once again uh, also here we have a situation where you have the corona crisis that actually adds and supports a number of Um, trends in retail, especially in physical retail, uh, of course, that will really, really uh, put a lot of stores and store concepts, shopping centers in a critical uh, position. I mean, even before uh, the corona uh, crisis came, we at SIFS had a a number of workshops and a number of projects, which actually all of them more or less focused around the simple question – why do we need physical stores in the future? Uh, and if you look to, uh, and, and, and we are probably mostly talking non-food here, but but even food as well, most of the good arguments for uh, having a physical store uh, like you used to have them a generation or two generations ago have disappeared. Mm-hmm. So the transactional thing have disappeared. And what we have seen over the last couple of years is that A number of stores have in physical retail, they have looked into experiences and entertainment and um, service and advice and uh, all these uh, things. And I would imagine that a lot of consumers right now are experiencing, first of all, uh, consumption levels are dropping. so, So that's also part of the crisis. But they probably will experience that a lot of this Uh, excitement and uh, the entertaining part about going shopping and all of that you can actually sort of recreate a lot of that digital uh, as well so for me the big big question for the future and the corona crisis have er accelerated this will be why on earth do we need physical stores in the future and i know we can find Beautiful, funny, crazy, uh, quirky, super cool examples of uh, stores that have catered to a special segment or niche, or have created a really wonderful experience, or <coughs> have a brand uh, position that is just all—all—all all, all, all the fashion right now in, in Denmark or Norway, but for. The physical stores at large, uh, I really, really imagine that uh, this will be the number one, the number one question. Yeah. Why do we need to go there?
0: Yeah, because like from what I can see, so the main value proposition of a physical store is that you can pick up your goods uh, or pick up what yeah. you want, right? That's that's yeah. the main value proposition. Yeah. Uh, and when that value proposition is no longer Valid, right? Because you have an, an, another valid proposition which is better. It it will yeah. it could be delivered to your home. Yeah. <laughs> um, it 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 struggles in a sense, right? yeah. 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 Um, so then, so. By doing something entertaining doesn't replace that value proposition, which oh. is the most important one, right? So, mm-hmm. it, uh, in in the uh, in best case, it might be something interesting, but it's not the value proposition of getting the product mm-hmm. that you want, right? Nope. So, exactly. So, in in <laughs> but, order to sorry sorry, I don't want to talk about. This. You're the expert here, but what I've been thinking about is so so in order to actually make it to uh, make an. It's, interesting experience as a store then you really need to make that your main your main value proposition your, yeah. so your main value proposition can't no, can no longer be selling stuff but it's to uh, to actually entertain people or yeah. give the best possible experience and on top of that you might sell something but but yeah. you shift your main value proposition are you, are you do you agree <laughs> yeah
1: yeah totally totally and i think what you just said there i fully agree to this Uh, two comments. Uh, First of all, um, I don't see, or we at SIFS, we do not uh, see a future where people don't want to be entertained and don't want to to, to interact um, in in a physical space when the corona crisis is is over. Yes, there will be uh, changes and and adaptations in in, in, in work processes, but we will still go out uh, in the physical uh, world. Uh, So there will still be lots of opportunities if you are able to create a destination, if you are able to create these experiences that, like you just uh, described. The only problem is if every retailer and every shopping center and every high street is competing in this arena, uh, <laughs> then I, I, I think we have too many, uh, we have too many um, uh, physical spaces and a lot of them will need to, to, to close. So we're not saying it all will die with just saying that um it will be inc- there will be increased competition and then secondly uh if you really want to have experiences and world class service and world class advice or w- whatever you can come up with first of all i would say most of the f- physical um, um the physical outline of stores and shopping centers and high street does not really cater for that and also from a workforce perspective uh, I mean, uh, back in the day, uh, 20 years ago, when you were a coworker in retail, it was about transactions, buying and selling uh, products. Uh, well, mostly selling, uh, obviously. Hmm. Um, and if you uh, and 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 I are correct, and and we go out to the future retailers and say, oh, it's all about experiences and and entertainment and all of that. They, I, I, I'm afraid, they simply don't have the competences. I, they don't have the skill set to do that. Uh, it is one thing to to be at the cash register in in, in a hardware store or uh, in a, whatever kind of store doesn't matter. Um, uh, that's one thing. It's a totally different ball game and much much more tricky to be part of the entertainment part of the um, the experience uh, industry. That is not easy. So I think. It will be a huge, huge challenge.
0: So, what's what's the what's the answer to this? You you, you must have thought about something, right? So, one yeah. thing is entertainment and experience, but what what's the answer? If if you if yeah. you yeah <laughs> if you have one one, one of the answers,
1: <laughs> uh, we're actually starting a big project on this in, in Denmark in in, in the, the fall, uh, and we hope to go Nordic and Scandinavian the year after that. <clears throat> but but one of the one of the um, one of the answers. For us, uh, right now, beyond what what we already discussed, because uh, I, I think actually experiences and funding and and advice will be a major part of the new strategies, and 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 they are already part of that uh, today. But but uh, on 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 the long term, uh, I would imagine for a, you know a standard shopping center or, or or town in Norway or Denmark, I would imagine that the ability to collaborate on the destination will be uh, more important. So for me, it's about footfall. It's about seeing how can we create new ways of <coughs> getting people to 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 our physical space. And uh, it is not only about retail. For me, it is about reaching out to uh, the public sector. It is a uh, reach out to schools it is reaching out to cultural institutions um, uh, municipalities um, whatever you can so come up with create doctor.
0: creating a destination is that what you're saying
1: yeah creating a destination but also creating a destination where you really re uh, rethink or start from scratch on these collaborative efforts because when when i mean when i go to <coughs> sorry when i go to shopping centers uh, across europe it is still very much about retail, and it is still very, very much about uh, a food court and uh, uh, a little bit of experiences and a little bit, and uh, then, then there's a catwalk or there's a concert or uh, cinema uh, thing going on. Uh, but, but uh, okay, why don't we open up and collaborate with the rest of society? Uh, the problem is, once again, it's it's very easy to say that this could be part of the solution uh, the problem is, uh, just like you actually also uh, said, if they don't buy products or services when they enter our physical space, what's the business model then? Uh, because we need to, we need to have a turnover uh, here, uh, and uh, how we, <coughs> how we go about that uh, for me is 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 a big big uh, puzzle. Obviously, once again. It will be about uh, uh, collaborating and integrating into the digital platforms uh, in any any form of format. Format uh, that's abs- absolutely a uh, a must. But if collaboration is is part of the future and collaboration in in a much broader perspective, uh, I actually think one of the very critical points will be how do we actually create a turnover?
0: Yeah, it's really super interesting. And you mentioned also mentioned it. We didn't talk about it but um i'm thinking about the the user journey right so so what what is the user journey here like so and what is what is what are you actually selling what's the value proposition is the value proposition a place you want to spend your time right create a destination and then you can then you can create different types of user journeys for example for people for uh, parents with kids for uh people singles that want to meet others etc etc and then you have you can you can create this type of uh, user journeys and with different types of products experiences etc etc is that what what you're talking about
1: yeah that that could be uh, a part of the solution and and actually when you mention it uh, and when i think back over the last couple of years now we are actually a little bit beyond uh, the corona crisis Uh, it is true that this I wouldn't call it segmentation, but this focus on uh, creating a, a, a super high quality customer journey for, uh, either parents or elderly or, uh, b- b- single students that have just moved to Oslo to study or whatever. Uh, I actually hear a lot of discussions and, and, um, uh, thoughts around that. Yeah. That, so, so, so that, that would be part of the future as well. So I'm
0: just thinking about myself. I have two kids, two boys and, um, Every every single, not every single weekend, but most weekends we have the same problem. And what yeah. should we do with the kids, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, you know, if, if you're looking at this from a user journey perspective and from a retail perspective, it, it might end up with me shopping something in the store, right? But, yeah. but this, this, the, 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 the point for them is to, to create something that draws me to them with my kids in some sort of yeah. way. And then exactly. I might be exposed to something that I would really like to try. Maybe it's an experience, experiential store where I try something, oh, this is really cool I have to have this. I, I might not buy it right there and then, but oh. it has started a new user journey or a new awareness yeah. for me to... Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, my, my favorite uh, quote or story about this was uh, I'm working for IKEA uh, across the globe. And I still remember, uh, I, I, it's, it's 15 or 20 years ago or something like that. <coughs> so it's very old. Uh, and IKEA... Um, a uh, co-worker uh, told me that they had done uh, a, a study on um, uh, uh, our customer expectations and, and customer journeys, and they had done some qualitative uh, interviews, and they had interviewed this old uh, uh, gentleman, I think it was, uh, which is uh, very unusual in an IKEA setting because uh, the, it's not normally not males above 65 that goes to IKEA, and he was asked by the interviewer, uh, okay, then sir, how often do you go to IKEA? And uh, he had answered, Tuesday. <laughs> and then the interviewer had been puzzled uh, and said, but but, sir, I don't think you understand my, my, my question. How often do you physically go to the IKEA store in your city here, in, 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 in a country in, in Europe? And, 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 and he probably smiled uh, <laughs> and he said, as I said, tuesday uh and it turned out that tuesday was the day he took care of his grandchildren so every tuesday morning they went to the ikea store uh to Smoland where the kids played in in, uh, 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 in in smorland and he probably drank a cup of uh of coffee uh, <laughs> so so to create these destinations and i, I mean I would not say to global retail or norwegian retail that it has to be uh I mean like 10 years ago when when we all went to 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 the emirates in in the gulf region and and saw the ice rinks and the skiing slopes in the shopping centers we're not talking about that we are talking just like you said Lucas about nice fun very convenient maybe even cheap ways of entertaining your two boys in the weekends um uh what is good what is smart uh what can work for, for for you and your uh family and it doesn't have to be uh something super super advanced uh but but small app could actually do the trick
0: yeah it it's uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it sounds re- super interesting. This started with the coronavirus and it ended up in uh, discussing the value proposition and user journeys in retail. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting. Uh, and I, and those, those things are you know, connected because the coronavirus might accelerate uh, the, the, yeah. the type of crisis that, you know, the retail is already in. Yeah. Um, Karsten, uh I won't take any more of your time, but I really want to thank you for your insights. It's been really interesting talking to you and uh, I hope we keep in touch and uh, m- maybe we, um, when you get some more data about the situation we're in right now maybe we could talk again and see how do you look in the future yeah let's do
1: that uh, Yeah, uh, the interview is over now Lucas so we can just
0: talk okay? yeah, it's not over but I will end it right now goodbye
1: I'm thinking Lucas we uh, uh, share this to you on our platform